And welcome back to another River Heights Radio. I'm Carl Hauser. And I'm Hope Busby. And we're here to talk about the latest adventure of our good friend Nancy Drew, girl detective. That cow milking, nature cult infiltrating, clean air breathing, cavern exploring gal. So today we're here to talk about the book Nancy Drew Infiltrates the KKK. So this is the secret of, of Red, Red Gate, Gate Farm. Farm. A beautiful little farm. Quite idyllic. Nothing like that rundown Horner farm, but in fact gorgeous and a place where you might even want to put your elderly place that you could keep your your mother or father in if you didn't want to see them too often you didn't want to see them very often because they were unpleasant so this is a book of incredible coincidences that all have to do with the same case which is a long way of saying this is a Nancy Drew book. <laughs> this book starts on the train. They're riding along on the train, talking about how unpleasant oh, the person was who sold them perfume. That impudent perfume salesman didn't even want to sell best the perfume she wanted. And she sold it to them for too much money. <laughs> it was a price so high as to be unfathomable. And yet Beth said, my father will pay for it. And George, she said to her cousin, you should practice self-control the way I do. Yeah, she's just making another jab at her weight. Loosely. She's just making another like, oh, I'm better than you. It is very hard to like George. <laughs> I think I would have as a kid because I identified with the tomboys in all the books that I read. And I only read one Nancy Drew as a kid, but I do remember really loving George because I wanted that tomboy representation, basically. But George is so mean. Sure. She's just constantly giving giving people a hard time. Bess says she wants cream and George says just what you need for reducing. She yeah. says we'd better keep an eye on Bess or she'll be breaking another heart. So she says she's a heartbreaker, you know, implying, oh, you flirt too much. Don't be such a wet blanket, Bess, she says, because Bess is like, mm, isn't this plan a little dangerous? Infiltrating this nature cult. And finally, Bess is carrying her back to the farm because George decided to climb all over these rocks and got bit by this snake. And now Bess is helping Nancy carry George back to the farm. And George says, aren't you glad I don't eat as much as you do? To be fair. Really, George? To be fair, it's weird to be excited about what Bess called a good inch of cream. I don't know. That sounds delicious to me. I'm a cream girl. Such a weird thing to say. If I were the sort of person that might be excited about going and vacationing on a farm, I think one of the highlights for me would be the thick cream. So... <laughs> <laughs> all right Bess herself has at this point kind of internalized this dialogue of her being overweight but she says you know here goes another pound as she eats a sundae well yeah we know Bess's thing is eating and wishing she didn't exist but she says but I'd rather be pleasantly plump than give up Sundays, which good for her. And good for her for calling it pleasantly plump because that's how she's always described. George clearly has some kind of eating disorder, which really isn't her fault given the society we live in and she lives in. She's skinny as 
whatever, let Bess be pleasantly plump. I like seeing that better than her our previous shame Sunday. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll continue to track George's callous antagonism and Bess's self-esteem Sundays. But Well, speaking of Bess, she's rather clumsy on the train. So she buys this bottle of perfume that costs more than a house. And then as Nancy secretly watches people, she just spills half oh, of the thing all over, over Nancy. Nancy. It was so strong that it caused a girl to faint. You know, did you notice that later in the book, Bess is like, I would just faint and George is like, girls don't faint anymore? Even though earlier in the book a girl literally faints fainted well she means girls of class <laughs> you know this is a farm girl who barely knows what the city is she hadn't eaten all day she's so sick on the train that nancy clocked her i don't know what the trains were like in the 30s but i get on a subway and i see a girl who's so sick she's about to faint and i'm like should i move closer to the other girl who's so sick she's about to faint and that's not unusual it's a, it's a subway in riverside heights the big city so nancy goes to get her water from mm-hmm, the water cooler mm-hmm. Which they have in these trains. Yes. Some guy comes up to her and is like, got any word from the chief? Hey girl, you got any chief words? (laughs) And this guy is described as pretty polite, but he had a cruel look in his eyes. Mm -hmm. Nancy has to be like, no. And he's like, oh, your perfume. You know, it takes her half the book to figure out that those were related. It was a case of mistaken smell dentity. (laughs) Yes. So they revive this girl. They get off the train. You know what happens? This girl figures out she's supposed to be in Riverside Heights, which is 15 minutes away from River Heights. Mm -hmm. Nancy assures her that we here in River Heights are constantly getting confused. Is Riverside Heights the same as River Heights? It's, I mean, I guess out of city tourists are. Anyone (laughs) who knows the area knows we're the suburban area Mm. where nice girls like Nancy live and Riverside Heights is where people go when they want to do marijuana and jazz. I I always thought they were just more of a business district. Big business attracts big crime. Nancy brings Joanne to uh, apply for a job. Doesn't warn her that she's in a bad part of town. She'd be scared. Yeah. She couldn't handle it. She couldn't hawk it. Brings her into this nondescript building. They won't tell you what the job is. No, but there's there's an ad in the classifieds that says, Job. Farm girls wanted. That's how you catch a woolly horse. You just put an ad out and say, Hey, this is what I want. And she comes in. She says, I like the job on the farm. The guy's like, Hey, Nancy, you're pretty good looking. Do you want the job? Which is so weird. Like, do they need a good looking person for this? I also wonder if it's supposed to be because she smells like the perfume still no no because later he says oh yeah she smelled like the perfume but i didn't make anything of it let's not sit here and pretend that the codes and messages of this group make any sense at no point is the smell dentification necessary so this guy who's interviewing joanne he was tall and wiry with hostile penetrating eyes and harsh features and his suit was bold in pattern and color and his necktie was gaudy it's just everyone they meet in this gang it's like oh he was he was well dressed but he looked mean well they're described later as the kind of people that carson jew would call tough customers tough customers there's a picture of them in the car later in the book and they just all inexplicably have 
have shadows covering their face. The type of people who walk around with shadows on their face. Yes. This guy gets a phone call. And what does Nancy do? She snoops. I think it's the first book we see her repeatedly being called Snoopy or Snooping. And it's to such a weird degree. Yeah. Nancy is in a business office that she's never been in before. A guy gets a phone call and writes down a series of numbers. He tells her it's from the stock market. Which, why did she ask in the first place? And she's like, no, it's not. I don't believe that. I'm going to copy down this string of numbers as a clue? And her dad's like, yeah, for funsies, why don't you, you know, I don't have time, but why don't you decode that? Did you know in the 1930s she wasn't successful in cracking the code? (laughs) So it was just nothing. Yeah. And the code is ridiculous. It's just one of those codes where letters have numbers yeah it's pretty easy i have a little decoder like ruler thing where you can i don't know how to describe it but you can pull the middle bar through so that it'll line up with different numbers sure like that's what she needed right that's it a is one b is two you know the weirdest part for me is that it said call a meeting yeah that's all she got out of it and she to make it say that she had to deliberately skip some of the numbers she was just like uh, uh, yeah 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 this 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 well she did have a book to help her (laughs) secret agents praise her for being able to decode such a difficult code so joanne (laughs) doesn't get the job with the grumpy man but she insists she won't stay with nancy Mm -mm, no charity from nance so they go all over riverside heights trying to find someplace that's in her budget but doesn't suck too bad they get her this lodging and the next time nancy visits with bess and george they would rather sit in the car than enter this place because it has a dreary dark living room it's so dreary that they would not dirty their eyes with it so they'd rather sit in their hot humid car (laughs) anyways joanne now no longer has money to get home joanne when they meet her the next day to just see how the job search is going because Nancy's basically found a new pet, says, oh, bad news, I heard from my grandmother, and despite me traveling to the city to get a job, to make money, to save the farm, which is the plan. The plan is for Joanne to make enough money in the city that her grandmother can pay for a farm that apparently isn't paying for itself. So, like, what's the plan for the future? One cow and corn and a cave. Right. Like the grandma's not gonna, renting out. The grandma's not going to live forever. Joanne is just working to keep her grandma on some land. I, well, unfortunately, she's gotten the message that despite arriving here yesterday, her grandmother's going to sell the farm. And not only is she going to sell the farm, she's going to sell the farm to the man who was previously interested, who offered them an offer so low that it was insulting. This is a very Gomber-esque villain. I just, it's the same story again like sell me your property no well definitely sell me your property and nancy immediately forgets gomber and is like no this is the guy this is the most ill-mannered guy i've ever met but it's funny because unlike gomber they don't say sell me your property or we'll haunt it they say sell us your property or we'll ask again later but at no point do they say like oh let's trick them into selling their property they just make lowball offers and th- to skip ahead this crime syndicate that is trying to buy this farm is making counterfeit money yeah they have no reason to lowball this woman and then this whole book wouldn't have happened well there you go good thing they didn't when she goes home and tells her dad about about all this she's like oh my gosh i had the most interesting day 
and her dad's like, I suppose I'll be getting the bills in a few days. Well, she doesn't just say she had an interesting day. She says, I think I had the most eventful day of my life. Now, these events thus far have been a saleswoman didn't want to sell perfume to me. I met a girl. Someone thought I was someone else. A guy had a phone call. That is Nancy's most eventful day. This is what she tells a man who she once saved from starving to death in a underground passageway between two mansions. So immediately Carson Drew says, oh, my daughter thinks this is more eventful than the time I almost died. She must have found two good dresses. Carson Drew proceeds to disappear from the book. Into his job. Yeah, he has to go for once, go solve an unrelated case. Entirely unrelated. Though somehow he ends up with counterfeit money, which he passes on to his daughter. Connecting them slightly. So Joanne has gotten the letter that she needs to get home or her grandma's gonna sell the farm and she's got half a day to do it and nancy's like i have an idea three borders would help right this is a way to be charitable without being charitable let's go to a vacation on the farm george and Bess, come on and george is like i'm already signed up for camp Bess is like, I'm going to go visit my aunt in Chicago, though that can happen anytime. Yeah, and Nancy's like, drop it, we're going. Yeah, get in the car, losers. And if we're going mysterying. Which they don't end up regretting. Joanne, she I mean, didn't. she didn't just, just need the border. She needed a ride home because she came out here without enough money to both live and return. I mean, this is some last straw stuff. Nancy and George and Bess pile in the car with Joanne, <laughs> are driving as soon as they get into the country. Nancy Nancy's driving, so... There's a storm. Big old rainstorm. Plus, a bridge is out, so they have to go on the dirt road. The rain is so bad, a tree is struck by lightning, her convertible stuck in the in the mud. The girls need to get out and push. The type of skills they learned at Shadow Ranch when they stopped just being house girls and started being real, real people. They get the car going, and the storm's over. Wow. What happens then? Another storm for some reason? Yes, the second storm, yes. <laughs> Nature Um, hates Nancy. They get to the farm. Joanne's just in hysterics, like, oh, we're too late. But of course, the guy trying to buy the farm was like, oh, there's a storm. I'm not driving over there right now. We'll talk tomorrow. Yeah. Which really, his loss, if he had gone right then, maybe he would have gotten it. Well, then the book wouldn't have happened. At the farm, they Mm -hmm. do have some borders. They've got an old woman and they've got an old man who fight all the time. Both of whom were dropped off by their adult children just to live there. The lady is dropped off basically she's a big pain she's always complaining about all the surgeries she's had and her arthritis and how old she is and meanwhile uh the old guy is dropped off and he won't stop eating and he's eating them out of house and home talking about dumb things and i mean they get along fine they supposedly according to nancy uh fight for the sport of it yeah just just as a just as a distraction but basically graham is running an old folks home that's what this has turned into yes this big swath of land they have is being rented by what is called over and over a nature cult which identifies as the black the black snake, snake colony. colony the way they talk about a nature cult you know it's very like those type of people they just stop short of being like oh it's beatniks and hippies like you get a very 60s like distrust for artists vibe from it yeah. with nancy saying things like well how do they live you can't live on do and inspiration alone <laughs> 
a nature cult. What do they dance when the sun rises and eat flowers? This nature cult, sometimes under the moon, yeah. dresses up in white gowns and white hoods and dances. I mean, that's the clan. They existed when not? this was written. That is not reminiscent of a nature cult. I, I They're not connected to the KKK. They have an Asian American in their gang. They're, they're inclusive because it's, they're not connected. The fact that no one in this gang said, time out guys, I was watching the news, or I accessed my cerebral cortex, <laughs> and it occurred to me, <laughs> we might look like the clan. Apparently, five boarders and a cult is not enough rent money to save the farm. So we're still thinking about selling it. But in the meantime, Nancy, Bess, and George are in the full throes of a farm-based resort. They get to do the chores for fun. They get to gallivant around for fun. They find out that they're all bad at milking a cow, except for Nancy, who's just a bit awkward. Still, this is the closest worst thing we've she's ever done. Yeah, Nancy to like not being good at something, which is probably what you'd want from an American Middle West girl, anyway. They had to make a choice between Nancy Drew has to be superhuman and know how to do everything, and Nancy Drew has to be urban and cool and and upper middle class. Right. And they sided with, okay, well, she could do this. It's better to have her say, oh my, how terribly novel. So as they live there, it's no longer that interesting to think about all these crazy things that happened at Riverside Heights, and it's far more interesting to ask ourselves, what What's that cult up to? George received a phone call warning her to tell her snoopy friend to, to stop, stop snooping. snooping. Which is the surest fire way to tell a detective they're onto something. Just don't call them. Just leave them alone and hope it fizzes out. On the way to the farm, filling up on gas, they just happen to have a gang of four people in a car pull up, one of whom Nancy recognizes as the guy who was offering the job, one of whom Nancy recognizes as the guy on the train. Both flashing huge wads of money. And looking around with sharp, piercing eyes. Bragging to the gas station attendant. And looking mean. Who says to Nancy, some classics. He's very impressed by these big wads of cash. In the first guy, he's like, that's the biggest wad of cash I've ever seen. The guy in the car's like, oh yeah, you want to see my wad? and he pulls it out and meanwhile uh nancy hears them saying shut up they're gonna get suspicious right so basically wherever nancy is this crime is happening but nancy herself is unwittingly committing a crime as she hands a 20 dollar bill to the waitress later in the book they return to the gas station because the phone lines have been cut on the farm now this is the point where she's been snooping at the cult for some time and they don't like that so they want to get rid of this nancy drew their plan send her a letter in the middle of the night from her father that says come home immediately don't call or ask questions nancy decides this might be suspicious could this be suspicious especially since the phone lines are in fact cut oh and the the letter smells like blue Blue jade Jade. they drive into the gas station (laughs) she calls her father who says i never sent you a letter and she says how queer they're trying to get lunch and this waitress comes out with some secret service agents dun 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 who nancy is also smarter than (laughs) and the waitress says i've been cheated out of money guy at the bank said 
this is a counterfeit. And she's the one who gave it to me. And of course, the other $20 bill in her wallet is also counterfeit, which doesn't help her case at all. Right. Nancy says, well, if that was counterfeit, I'll certainly pay with real money. And just hands her another bogus money. Nancy, yeah. come on. You're not yeah. getting away with this. Well, the Secret Service agents, they're descending on Nancy pretty quickly. They want to wrap this case up. How can Nancy get away this time? You might think she could tell them who her father is. Nope, not this time. Not this time, because before she can, She's through the door! Comes Carl Jr. Carl Jr., the not boyfriend of the, of the book. book. A handsome blonde boy who dapperly and dashingly dropped his elderly father off at the farm to live there. And he's here to tell the Secret Service agents who Nancy Drew's who father Nancy, is. Who Nancy is, yes. Yeah, you hear that the chapter ends with, I'll tell you who that is. And you'd think it would be someone with authority. Maybe a member of the Secret Service says, I can, I can identify Nancy. Or Carl Jr. is actually the mayor. But no, Carl's just like, I'll tell you who that is. It's Nancy Drew. I should know. I met her once. And then says... Like literally once. Yeah. Don't you know who her father is? It's... Carson Drew. And the cops are like, oh, Carson Drew. Please, ma'am, don't hurt us. They say, oh, yeah, we've been talking to the police chief. I guess you're the one who's been calling in and keeping him on the phone at all hours. So Carl comes over for dinner and, as usual, was a charming companion. He had many amusing anecdotes to tell. But the girls could hardly focus on dinner. They had a mystery on their hands. Once again, mysteries are better than boys. But they do forget for a little while. Oh, he's cute. It's implied, <laughs> though not said this time. I wish I could stay, he said regretfully, letting his eyes rest especially long on Nancy. Get your eyes off our girl. George says he has his eye on Nancy. Silly, Nancy laughed. Can you imagine? Mr. Abbott is your father-in-law? <laughs> I'll let you do the imagining, said Nancy as she walked away. <laughs> yeah, you oh, made boy. quite a hit this morning with that rescued heroine bit. Yeah, as if he even did anything to rescue her. He did nothing. My favorite bit of investigating so far in this book is when Nancy is looking down on the cult and she decides to give the chief of police a call about it. She describes this cult and their name and the chief says, well, we've got a list here of, of known cults. Let me give it a check. Hmm. <laughs> Black snake colony. Oh, no, we don't have them listed here. And this is where Nancy becomes excited. She says, does that mean they're a phony? Could they be a counterfeit cult? What do you mean, could they be phony, Nancy? Like, are you asking the chief of police if this is the one true religion? Chief, in your opinion, should I join this cult? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say so. Somewhere in here, Nancy rescues a lady who has sprained her ankle. Right, this was so fun because the, the lady, who does not want any help from Nancy... But needs it. <laughs> ...is telling her uh, where Nancy can drop her off, and Nancy surprised that such a normally dressed and intelligent looking woman would be involved with the nature cult says you're not from that cult are you the rudest friggin question like <laughs> i really liked this bit of description though that came after that question a half cynical expression crossed the woman's face and then sadness basically she's like uh yeah a cult it's clear that it isn't a cult so the half cynical look followed by sadness is her saying a cult she sure fell for our cult plan although in a way we are a cult 
Mm-hmm. What do we find out later? It's the cult of monogamy. Oh, no. Well, I mean, because she's like, she says several times, it's it's basically a cult. You can't leave. But, like, people can leave. You just can't because you're married to the guy in charge and he's abusive. <laughs> Very abusive. He, in fact, shocked even these hardened criminals by throwing his wife against the wall because she suggests that they shouldn't kill Nancy and Bess and George. Yeah, the cult is just being in a marriage. Everyone (laughs) else seems pretty happy with the whole thing. And Nancy tries to vouch for her in the end and might go to court for her to get her a lighter sentence. And I, I do think that there's a case here. If her husband is willing to throw her against a wall in public, that usually indicates that the abuse has heightened enough that the abuser feels emboldened to do this even in front of other people yeah i hope the leader's wife got off with a lesser charge like uh first degree pretending to be an occult at least in jail she'll be able to write letters to her sister (laughs) which she wasn't allowed to that said nancy garners a little bit of information about this nature cult these hippies by finding out that maybe there's something more than meets the eye because this woman was awfully afraid of nancy visiting and nancy knows most cults are chomping at the bit to get her to come over so it's weird that this one is very yeah i mean a cult that doesn't want me examining it (laughs) i i liked that nancy had a rare experience now that the secret service took her crisp twenty dollar bill as a counterfeit she did not have enough money to buy the material she wanted to build a costume right to infiltrate the cult so they had to wait a few days a few hours they just drove home and were like hey can you pay us back for those groceries we bought you poor farmers we want to go buy fabric so we don't use your sheets because that would be a shame if we tore up your sheets and pillowcases wouldn't it so pay us back so we can go buy fabric honestly when they described the was it muslin yeah it sounded nicer than anything that the farmers would have had yeah and here's the thing now they decide to be all secretive tell nobody their plan and that's not safe yeah they spend all of dinner giggling about the fact (laughs) that they've made these clan costumes to sneak into this cult's activities the people at dinner decide they're about to pull a prank oh these these silly headed girls must be pulling some prank and yeah they they just head down there i love so we should say that what's been made clear at this point it's not a cult it's a crime syndicate and the reason that they're pretending to be a cult is because lots of people have to come to the syndicate for their meetings and in order to not make it seem strange that there are so many people there they have to make people think that there are more people in the cult than are actually staying on the land so when there's a moon out they all dress in clan outfits Mm -hmm. and dance around a fire so that people will see and say oh there's a lot of people living on the land which of course only causes the townspeople to say we're kicking those people out right like shame on them for having a weird clan cult yeah (laughs) it's like falsifying your taxes but to hide it you send in an extra form that says i didn't falsify my taxes how does it hide anything the plan is while they're dancing nancy and the gals are going to slip in hopefully no one will notice an extra four hooded figures three three because joanne's gonna stay behind as a guard and keep guard which works without a hitch there was a password okay i can't even with this (laughs) every cult member is asked to repeat a password on their way in how does nancy 
decipher what the password is. Hope, she says the same thing as the person in front of her. How does Bess figure out what the password is? Well, she says the same thing as Nancy does. But you might be asking, how does George know what the password is? Well, Hope, I'll tell you, she hears everybody say the password. No they, one noticed. They follow all the clan, I mean, all the cult members into the cavern, see all the counterfeit plates, learn bits of what has happened inevitably. Well, Yvonne, you sold that perfume. Yeah, but you talked to them on the train. Sure, but you got caught trailing them. Yeah, but you sent them a letter that smelled wrong. <laughs> this is going pretty well until they are asked to take off their masks masks already there was some weird suspicion where the guy in charge said let's everyone take off your masks before we hand out the money and then saved by the bell here's a scream uh, they don't have to take off their masks uh-oh bad news it's joanne she's been caught we should make sure there's no one else take off your masks this is a gang that knows each other well enough that masks off you know everyone you're working with what's the password for make the identification be faces yeah, just take off your mask at the door. That's what we do in my house. A little place for shoes and a little place for your masks. I'm just saying if you're in a counterfeit cult, <laughs> mm -hmm. take off your, your mask at the cavern door. What I'm saying is that I've got a little spot by my door mm -hmm. for you to leave any systematic racism you might be trying to take into my house. <laughs> What I'm saying is when you come over, feel free to get naked. Right. Strip down. I want to know if you're a detective. <laughs> Are you wearing a wire? They found out because they say, everyone take your masks off. And Bess goes, oh no. I mean, I, mean, I guess you were going to be caught anyway, but Bess... So Joanne is also captured, so now nobody knows where they are, and they don't have someone to run back and tell people who, where they are. The gang is like, let's tie them up, but let's not leave them here. This is Nancy Drew we're talking about. We have to bring them to a shack. Nancy escapes. That she, wild cat. They do call her a wild cat, and yeah. she is yeah. the wild cats. She has a moment of distraction, and she uses it. And she's going for help, and the only thing that stops her is being captured again and <laughs> just brought back and, and uh, the guy delights in tying her up especially tight some very like wonder woman kink stuff just to have to untie her ankles a little bit later so she can walk the girls are done for once again or a man saves them has nancy just solved another case by being kidnapped <laughs> because as they get outside who should be there carl jr but carl jr to tell everyone who nancy's dad is <laughs> and uh, along and with him is like the whole friggin secret service yeah because he told them i think that these girls went out to the caves that's enough to get the secret service involved at this point i'm reading this book out they're taking them off to die in a shack and there's so little left in the book and i'm like they are planning on wrapping this up real quick and they do the secret service pops out and says like thank you you're going to jail guys yvonne's like not me i didn't know what this was i didn't know why i was here <laughs> and they're like nice try but now the farm still needs to be saved i wish someone like nancy had a clever idea two giant billboards yeah, this farm is now the tourist trap location of the Counterfeits Cavern. If you guys have ever stopped by Counterfeits Cavern just outside of Riverside Heights, they're sponsoring the show. Give them the code RIVERSIDE. You can get a free inch of cream. <laughs> 
with your stay. When Carson Drew pulls up to the farm, he sees these two giant billboards and he sees people. It is just packed. That Everybody wants to see at that farm. People are walking all over the garden. The guy who usually grows the corn is like, this is better than picking corn. I'm loving this job. And uh, basically what they wanted all along was obviously to be a bed and breakfast slash tourist trap. The quiet solitude of Redgate Farm is traded in for something far more valuable, which is capital. And I think that is the natural flow of all things, and that is good. All things should become more profitable, and things that become less profitable should either die or be given just enough money to buy chickens. The book ends with Mr. Drew laughing and telling Nancy, As I think of your adventure at Redgate Farm, I can't decide whether you're better as a detective or as a promoter. I wish we had Nancy Drew to promote this podcast. I don't know. I You don't want a big giant billboard? Yeah, how could she afford that? Where did she get the the seed money? It doesn't matter. She probably just took some crayons and construction paper. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Nancy had a clever idea. It was a second mortgage. I don't know if Nancy would be a better promoter or detective, but I think we'll find out. In The, the Clue in, in the, the diary. diary. I wonder if that's just a clue that Nancy wrote down and forgot about in her diary. <laughs> Uh, I'm Carl. And I'm Hope. Go Wildcats! We might need to have a special episode about this video game sometime. I have a, we have a, there's a host of video games. We can, um, oh, I don't know, put them on our Patreon. Remember to support us at our Patreon. (laughs) You can email us at riverheightsradio at google.com or find our Patreon, River Heights Radio. We'd really appreciate it. Instagram at River Heights Radio. Twitter at River Heights FM. River Heights Radio on Facebook and River Heights Radio on YouTube. Uh, And give us a review or five stars on apple podcast or spotify or stitcher or wherever you're listening yeah if you listen this far i mean why not we actually put a a lot of hours into these episodes but we're having a lot of fun that's a blast so it's all for you you for listening an extra special big thanks to robert busby for composing and recording this podcast's musical intro and to the wonderful hope busby for editing this entire thing. You guys make it happen.